Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Mind the Health Cap. Hey. <laughs> hey everyone. You sound so, really tired. I am tired. Um, I've had a long week. Um, deadlines. Deadlines and on top bites. of that. Just, um, just life in general. Just mm. a lot to do. I think it's week four of the Masters and it's been quite intense. Yeah, this student life thing is, is hard, man. On top of work <laughs> as well. Hard. Yeah. Yep, so this week what we're going to be talking about is um, vaccine policy. Mm -hmm. So before we do that, it's good to actually go through what we did in the last two weeks and um, our, the debate. Um, what, you want to do it? Okay. Well, yes, Mohammed. I'd like to outline first, just All to right. give the people a structure. <laughs> Thank let's, you for following my cue. <laughs> let's go. Um, okay, so as Mohammed said when he stole my thunder... We are going to talk about uh, vaccine policy um, this week, but we will recap uh, prior to doing so. So, in as usual, I've done it in a way that we're splitting it, splitting it into two parts. Mohammed will outline what we've kind of spoken about. He will introduce vaccine policy, focus on recommendations for this country and how it affects people here. And then I'm going to do the second part as usual and talk about how vaccination in this country compares to international vaccine policy and essentially how it affects the autonomy of people here yeah Ooh, sounds very interesting very interesting oh by the way guys this week we have no guests it's just me and Mohammed. yes uh, we're still gonna provide you yeah great insight <laughs> exactly but yeah, yeah it's only us just us two talking it out all right are you ready yep um so we had um, Ibrahim in the first week and um, he talked about uh, the anti-vaccination movement and the role of Big Pharma yep. um, and he actually gave us the argument that the anti-vaccination movement is needed alongside regulating bodies to mm -hmm. actually hold these guys accountable Yep. and of course we had Yasmin who had a whole different view towards that yeah well uh, she kind of agreed with him a bit but then, towards the end yeah but, but she had strong views uh, with regards to the anti-vaccination movement. Mm. She obviously didn't want to censor them, censor them uh, in the same light as some others, some other people would say. But yeah. she was against the idea of the misinformation that they were giving to, to people. families. Because yeah. people realise that the point of contact for a lot of communities is through social media. And of course, in social media, if you see movements like these... Mm -hmm which have a large following like transnationally globally yeah um it's gonna attract a lot of people a lot of problems and yeah. um like i said i always bring that who uh, research that says that here we go um <laughs> misinformation <clears throat> is one of the major key factors in the rise of um, anti-vax movement exactly yeah and they and it's an issue that needs to be addressed mm. in that sense and then we moved on to talk about um Andrew Wakefield and whether um, his studies, uh, his study was um, the start of the actual anti-vaccination anti movement or if it actually predated him. Yeah. And um, we actually, we had different ideas. Yeah. He thought yeah. Like, that historically she talked about um, in the 18th, 1800s, that's when Edward the discourse Jenner. started. Edward Jenner. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Yasmin also had a similar touched on him yeah. yeah so yeah that is an outline of what we've what we've done in the vaccine yeah. debate for the last um two weeks. weeks yeah um 
the most important thing now is to look at actually vaccine policy exactly and with policy Mm. it's it's quite difficult because policy is different in different countries and Mm. beauty will go on to talk about that and in the second part where she looks at vaccine uh, Mm -hmm. policies globally exactly Mm -hmm. so with vaccine policy what what we mean by vaccine policy is the idea of frameworks uh, interventions that are put in place to address the issues relating to vaccinations immunizations and what the what the health healthcare system of the country does and what it implements in that sense so the role of the ministry of health yeah. in implementing this and it's like well we're going to look at it from a top down approach at the same time and see how what ministers say and how these can be implemented by local health professionals yep. in hospitals yep. in um, in the local community overall. Yeah. And if you actually look at uh, vaccine policy um, historically, um, so the first act came around 1853 and it made vaccinations against smallpox compulsory for all children in the first three months. So parents who were not compliant were fined or imprisoned. Mm. This is in 1853. And then another po- another so 20 years later, around 20, la- 20, years, 20, years, 20 years later... <laughs> Don't fight the English. I'm trying. <laughs> in 1867, yeah. um, this was extended to the ages of 14. So, Wait, uh, so kids who three months onwards to 14 years yeah, old 14 years to old, get vaccinated? Yeah. Oh, my so, God. Um, with cumulative penalties, so for non-compliance. So parents were essentially fined or imprisoned. That's interesting in comparison to vaccine policy today, but you're going to touch on that. Continue. Exactly. <laughs> and then and then in 1898, an act came where penalties for non-compliance was removed. So parents had autonomy. That's another key word. That's mad. Autonomy yeah. to actually choose the treatment, the vaccinations that they wanted their kids to have. Hmm. So this was in 1898. And as you know, in the UK right now, uh, vaccine um, vaccinations are not compulsory parents have the autonomy to choose um, the vaccinations their children can take up. Yeah. Of, there's guidelines where doctors and health professionals give recommendations, yeah. but it's not it's not binding like in the 1858. Wait, wait, before you continue with this history lesson, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think vaccine policy... Actually, this is my part. I don't know why I'm asking you so early. But, throw it, throw it. But still, like, <laughs> what do you think about that? I think... Um, there's like a lot of health ministers and research nowadays is looking at that. So, for example, the Wellcome Trust is looking at whether we should make some vaccinations and uh, immunization. Immunizations, it's fine. I'm going to fight it <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I've been in a seminar for two hours. It's fine, it's I get it. It's Friday, Mo. We are tired. Is, yeah. So, vaccination programs yeah. should be made um, compulsory compulsory yeah but my question is like how do you choose which ones become compulsories and which ones don't do you know what i mean exactly um and that issue has been looked at as well uh, mostly looking at um vaccines that are vaccine uptakes for children when they're growing up okay because that has an imp- influence on their growth in the later years adult years mm-hmm. and teen years um up until old age so um, a lot of research is going into the idea of actually look making um certain vaccines compulsory mm-hmm. from the get-go instead of uh, like since they're born yeah exactly okay um so the, 
and a lot of research is going into the life course uh, cycle, like a, a, pro- a life course approach where they want to see if that is going to help improve the quality of life in the long run. Mm-hmm. And then back to my history <laughs> lesson. And then um, in 1946, yeah. the NHS was formed. And that is when the mass vaccination programs against smallpox and other diseases started. And this yeah. is when you actually had a framework where um, health ministers and local um, local health professionals were involved and there was an actual hierarchy. So uh, policies were set, sent from the Ministry of Health to yeah. uh, local health commissioners within the areas of the UK. Mm. And this is more of a bureaucratic approach where everything was there was an order of hierarchy and this was sent down this is compulsory this is not Mm. um so i think we're still in that phase right now where um everything is very bureaucratic and um at the same time it's not compulsory but there are guidelines and there's a lot of research spent on actually trying to convince and trying to raise awareness for vaccinations and the importance of vaccinations to combat obviously the anti-vaccination movement, movement yeah exactly um wait sorry just i just want to be annoying it was actually formed in 48 not 46 I just it was don't 46 want to, it was for, bro check it online how much are you putting on 10 pound 10 pound all right all right for the listeners <laughs> i'm putting 10 on Mohammed, it was 48 i promise are you, you sure? it was with my life all right all right uh, I'll concede. I'll concede. <laughs> no, just just so we don't misinform. Yes, definitely. Yeah. We don't want to be an anti anti-vaxxers. Wait, were you finished then? Oh uh, yeah, still? history lesson's over. Okay. Do you have a question for me then? Or can I ask you a question? Um, yeah, go ahead. Um. Okay. So this is currently like the policy. Like, is this policy available? Like, can I find it? Uh, which policy? Uh, Vaccine policy. Of, I mean, it's quite fragmented because there isn't a set. Um, um, list of vaccines that you have to get. Oh, right. Or, yeah. It's just recommendations. Exactly. So you can, of course, find it on the NHS's website where they can recommend. Um, So, um, for example, the rotavirus vaccines, four-in-one one preschool boosters. You get a lot of those because I've got a lot of siblings and obviously my mum comes up to me like, oh, (laughs) you're going to be a health professional. (laughs) Like, yeah, so you see all these three-in-one teenage boosters and then, yeah. I mean, there are mostly just guidelines. Okay. Yeah, because I read somewhere, like, I think it was, you know, like on the gov.co.uk thingy, like, they kind of tell you, like, all oh, our vaccine policy is in this green, it's something called the green book. Oh, and like yeah, you said, it's it's incredibly, yeah, it is very, like, fragmented. So I had a look at it, like, in the lead up to us recording this. And I was just very, like... Okay, but this doesn't make sense. Like, it tells you about some of the national programs that are run out in schools. Um, It very much emphasizes on consent, very much emphasizes on, like, this strong encouragement. I'm I'm doing quote marks, guys. You just Mm. can't see this. But strong encouragement of um, vaccinations children should get. Um, So, like, the ones you just mentioned, the, was it four in one? The four-in-one preschool boosters, yeah, um, three-in-one um, teenage booster, pneumonia, the one for the MMR <laughs> political, exactly. um, all of those ones. I mean, I don't know. I think the most interesting to me thing to me was like 
the, this whole idea of consent. Can we talk about consent? Consent in the sense of um, vaccination. The, the parents. <laughs> the parents, parents, but also where do we draw the line that it actually lies on the responsibility of young people? Because, okay, when they're like 16, 17, some of the national programs, they don't actually need to ask their parents as long as they have, they give, uh, was it Gillick? Gillick capacity? Mm-hmm. So they understand enough so that their parents don't actually need to give consent on their behalf. Mm-hmm. I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I definitely agree with that, especially with the HPV um, vaccine, because um, it's quite, it's a personal one in the sense that um, a lot of the Somali community have issues with the HPV vaccine. Yeah, what the cervical um, cancer one, yeah, yeah, that is one. I got that. <laughs> yep, um, and it's, it lies with uh, the idea of why does my child need the HPV uh, when they're not sexually active? Active. Uh, so the idea of um, I even was about to do my thesis on this. How do you? Why actually, didn't you do it? It was quite complicated, and it was just um, sticky to ask people yeah, questions. And there wasn't that much research on it on the Somali mm. community. Uh, there's only one research on it. I think it's done in Norway. Where, what with the Somali diaspora? Yeah, um, where um, parents were questioned in the interviews to find out why um, <laughs> why they're against this idea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's so many cultural barriers in that sense, and then we come to the idea of, okay, do these policies include everyone, mm-hmm. uh, and do they actually work, and um, like, to what extent do they work? Okay. No, that's fair enough. I mean, another thing that I thought was really interesting was you can only give consent if you have enough information about the vaccination to actually say that, yes, I do want this vaccination or no. Mm. Like, And that is, that is almost close to being impossible yeah. because there are side effects where we don't know the side effects of certain mm. vaccines. Mm. Um Again, a lot of these vaccines have been tested on white bodies, mm. and that is a whole different oh, subject. Bro. We can unpack that in another exactly. So, arena. Um, there's so many issues that lie with that. So, mm. so are you saying that you're just completely ruining my 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 like? Oh, it's fine, whatever. No structure. Are you saying you're you're completely ruining my structure? Are you saying that vaccinations or vaccine policy here doesn't account for difference? Yeah, it doesn't. Um, can you say that in like very absolute terms like yes a hundred percent it doesn't um you i mean um you can't really say that you obviously the motive behind these policies is try and try and include everyone inclusion is key yeah and the stakeholders that actually prepare these policies try and do this Mm -hmm. but i don't think they actually achieve it they don't have like like i said in previous episodes someone telling them on accountability in a sense yeah so okay that's why why you think I, that yeah it's not a hundred but i get that they've got the intentions it's more about execution okay fair enough I, I read somewhere that um okay it's not that vaccine okay it might kind of feed into this but basically um vaccination rates in ethnic minorities so bame groups much as i hate that term i'm gonna use it for to fall to as low as 80 percent like 
do you think part of that is because of this lack of um, accommodation for these groups the lack of awareness lack of cultural sensitivity religious sensitivity like thoughts <laughs> all of that yeah especially like religious uh, sensitivity uh, cultural as well um, but then again I don't think it's the intention of these health professionals mm. to get it wrong it's just it's all about diversity having a diverse panel mm. when you're doing these kind of interventions well like public health officials when they exactly. sit down like well yeah. actually yes we have this policy but practically how does it work when we go out into the field exactly and, uh, and you see that just everywhere um that's one issue in global health that can be magnified in oh so many God, so yeah. many ways <laughs> and it's just it's so prevalent in every single sector of health like yeah. health, global health yeah um the guys that are making the plans <sighs> stakeholders do not yeah do not they, they do not have the capacity to actually see these problems yeah they're very out of touch of the communities yeah that and again we try to be critical <laughs> for a good reason yes guys we're not just being mean mm. <laughs> um critical awareness and thinking is very much encouraged in our field so it's very rare you will ever see us give a very like one-sided argument to something um well mohammed uh, oh i wanted to ask you about something so like we've spoken about consent and stuff but more of the kids what about of parents so like in context where like one parent is an anti-vaxxer and the other one isn't like yeah. what do you think about consent in situations like that um firstly there isn't any regulation or any sort of um any sort of contingency plan for that mm. in the uk yeah. so it's it's like it's you leave it to the court basically uh, in the sense that it's a judicial problem oh, is it actually yeah in the uk like i it's thought very, that if they can't reach a consensus you don't give like there is no consent mm. and you can't like administer it yeah I, uh, you you have to uh, yeah take it to court and, and, and then put, they simply put yeah they pretty much exactly that, right <laughs> yeah That's so, so it's, it's a quite it's a difficult problem because yeah like what do you do like your yeah. dad's against this but your mom's for it so and there isn't like there isn't a middle ground you mm. either get vaccinated or you don't I'm I'm so glad you made the dad problematic, but um, <laughs> but um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, so I I've been talking about this for ages because I kind of I hate to love Reddit, and I see this all the time on Reddit where like, this is like mainly in the context of the U.S. Um, so the United States of America, not continental U.S., where like these kids will come and they're like sixteen, seventeen, and like similar to the U.K., the age of consent is eighteen years old. And um, their whole thing is like, my mom says I can't get vaccinated, but I want to get vaccinated. And in the state, it's illegal. How do I go about this? And I'm not kidding. I promise you, you have 18 year olds on there trying to look at like laws, regulations, break it down, finding flaws in like clauses and stuff so that they can get vaccinated. Like, how, how do you even begin to unpack that? I think uh, you'd have to look at the health system mm. in America. It's just, it's so regressive in the sense that... Um, Sorry to any Americans listening, yeah, but um, it's true. <laughs> in the sense that it doesn't, there's no autonomy in that sense. And there isn't, a lot of people are excluded from the healthcare system in America. In states, and yeah. um, having read so many articles and so many issues yeah. that are similar to this. Yeah. Um, 
and even if you forget about the funding and the insurance premiums mm. it's a whole different issue so where do we start if you have to have a functioning healthcare system that meets the needs of everyone yeah even those who are, are who need consent yeah and um i mean it's not just only america it's the uk as well yeah so it's like it's a like domino effect like there's one factor and there's another there's so many you can't just say this yeah. and that and just um yeah um Do you if you think look at this uh, carry, sorry <laughs> carry on so i was gonna no, broaden continue. the scope of this because in italy i read in italy um vaccines yeah. vaccinations are compulsory yeah so in school you have to provide a certificate for the vaccine yeah or else they don't you, come to school yeah so That's what do you think of that well personally i think it poses a lot of like ethical implications if you say to someone well i'm gonna withhold education from you if you don't jab this in your hand or bum or however it's administered um <laughs> it's not <laughs> i'm sorry guys i'm so tired but um no it's on a serious note i think making vaccinations compulsory is really problematic because like you say like this whole idea of autonomy is like pertinent to making decisions about whether you want to get vaccinated or not and also because most of the time people are not i sound like an anti-vaxxer but people are not given the scope of information they need to make informed choices but not only that i think making vaccination compulsory just increases the bureaucracy of vaccines vaccine policy etc and we've already touched on how it's vax it's very bureaucratic now so imagine how making it like actual, actual legislation. an actual law like every single one of you you need to have this vaccine otherwise we won't give you this we won't give you this we won't give you this you know what? i'm just gonna start my part now because you've already delved into it so i know that in in other european countries they the, the state will withhold like benefits um and payouts to like families who cannot prove that they their kids have been vaccinated or um they have been vaccinated for x y and z so but do you understand sorry to interrupt mm, do you understand that be. the other side to this uh issue is the other side i mean if if my kid is a th- is a threat to other kids mm-hmm. would not be an issue for the school say if a kid's not vaccinated yeah. and um other kids are vulnerable society mm. is vulnerable in general yeah so how would you deal with that so i think you it's quite hard to just say it is, it's it one is, side it is not the other side because you beat me to it i was still coming to the other side hello oh, i'm a global I, health student um no you make a fair point as well because how do you then navigate the space where other kids pose a threat on the well-being and welfare of other children and it's not just children they're like um they're posing a threat to but families exactly and the biggest society yeah you know. i don't know it's it's a really hard one but i don't <sighs> i don't know okay think about it there, there's a um there's some sort of outbreak yeah a disease a new disease yeah. comes about yeah you've you've put in um intervention so say you've done a herd vaccination herd um, community vaccination yeah and but you've got some kids some family members who haven't vaccinated their children yeah do you know how much of an issue that is in terms of just maintaining like maintaining that frame maintaining that 
system that you have of yeah. preventing further outbreaks. Yeah. Okay. So I well, herd, herd immunity is a thing. Mm-hmm. But those who are against um, vaccinations yeah. and their kids are going to public schools yeah. uh, in the public in yeah. town centres, yeah. they would actually break that. That There would be a threat to society yeah. if there was a major pandemic. I can't remember. I had a lecturer this week and he said something about there only needs to be a certain percentage of a population vaccinated for like the spread to be so like negligible. I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head. That's not to say that people shouldn't get vaccinated, but I'm just saying like in the grand scheme of things, if say 95% of the school has been vaccinated and only 5% like have it, like what? how much of a threat is that? Like, like, it is think a big about threat it. and especially nowadays. Ha- uh, no, new, I can't Especially <laughs> nowadays in the new field of like health, um, global health security. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's a whole, fairs, there's because a whole, of globalisation. There's a whole, like, it's a cool, different cool, field cool. of warfare. Cool. There's bioterrorism. Yeah. That community, that section of your society could be used to weaponise, could be weaponised against you. Yeah. Okay, so, but can I make this argument too? Yeah, go ahead. What way have you finished? Yeah, yeah I'm finished. Okay, you better be. Um, so I read somewhere, like, I don't know how much I trust this source because it was like one of those websites. Read it, read it. <laughs> it was not read it. <laughs> it was one of those websites. He had like a lot of references, but I don't know if it was just like public opinion, like his own opinion, or it was like a general consensus that was reached by like um, a, a health governing body. So basically, I read somewhere from, I should really put it up uh, in like for the people to read. But yeah, basically, we're going to link, just to interrupt, sorry. Uh, we're going to link everything that all the sources that we've used today uh, and to our Twitter and in page. previous weeks yeah. um in our last after our last episode next week right yeah awesome okay but as i was saying so as we know like who has stated so many times that people getting vaccinated or vaccinations take place in really complex like and varying social settings um but the role is also like important to us in the UK um, because the government, like, d- despite what you want to say, they want to meet specific targets. Um, and I think the target is like 95 of the population has to be vaccinated of, against a certain disease. Um, and one way of doing this is giving like financial incentives to um, to like healthcare workers to reach these targets. Um in the sense of outreach or yeah i think in the way that they get it across in the amount of patients that they actually administer the vaccination to and the reason i'm taking pauses guys is i'm trying to think and like say this uh, as eloquently as possible um but like i don't think we ever really assess the quality of information giving to given to patients like it's all well and good that you're saying, okay, we have this target, we have to meet it. We tell people as much as possible. But if I'm telling you, okay, Mohammed, you have to get HPV because, well, if you were a girl, you have to get HPV vaccine because it lowers your chances of getting cervical cancer in the future without taking in cultural or social context, by the way. And I just say that to you without actually explaining, well, what are any of the hazards of taking it? Are there any side effects of taking it? Like, how how is that right? Is and that's the that's really the crux is what I'm trying to get to in this whole like making vaccination compulsory. Like, 
because it's not just about like the legislation and it being like oh you're gonna interrupt me i can just see your face yeah and it just being like imposed on us but it's also like what what is involved in that imposition do you know what i mean i definitely get that yeah do you see how other health professionals doctors would say the whole the whole the, the whole profession is to basically um do you know great, good exactly and um you getting vaccinated mm-hmm. essentially means there's less chances of other people getting disease, the disease or the illness same way um so it's their it's basically their role to try and actually tell you what's good for you obviously you've got autonomy but mm-hmm. they are in a they're basically qualified in the sense to actually know what they're talking about and know what these um, vaccines are about and yeah. the uh, side effects to an extent because everyone's different everyone's got different side effects mm-hmm. so a lot of doctors and health professionals professionals would say they're trying to do the trying to do good for you yeah um, and you have to understand that they've got a point in that sense of course autonomy is there but at the end of the day if you have no but it's not 100 percent if it's compulsory it's not you're telling me i have to put a foreign object in my body how how is autonomy there like i have to um i wasn't saying in terms of compulsory i'm just saying the other side the oh other right view. like how it is now yeah okay so yeah doctors are inclined to save their patients help their patients mm. and inform them mm. of what they think is good for them mm. so by them saying like, get a hpv mm. get this that they're looking out for your well-being in that sense and they're doing their job and um yeah so in that sense do you see it from that view as well no i definitely see what you're saying but can i just add as well that if you did make it compulsory i feel like um okay i feel like if you did make it compulsory it this will only just fuel the agenda of anti-vaxxers even more so for for example if we look at countries where vaccination policy is compulsory uh australia italy um there's another european country where i can't remember they have a a really growing like um why am i fighting my english a rise in the number of anti-vax movements like thoughts <laughs> um i agree um in the sense that yeah of course you will if you make something compulsory there's that without actually informing people of why it's compulsory uh research behind this and making sure the research is accessible to the yeah, people yeah um people are already inclined to have a distrust kind of relationship with health professionals okay. in yeah. the first place yeah so if you choose to actually without talking to community members without talking to many people uh, involving as many people as you can without having that mm-hmm. implemented then of course you're going to empower people like the anti-vaccine Vaccine, yeah. movement yeah so you have to find a balance how so do you find that balance though that is a million dollar <laughs> question. question um no but i think you make fair points um okay so like last question maybe or do you have something else to add um i think a last question but how do we move forward then from this like like where do we take policy from here where 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 do we take policy and make it fair for all those parties concerned especially people who do have concerns with vaccinations i.e anti-vax people 
or yeah. anti-vaxxers? I think um, it's quite cliche, but we need to have everyone in a room and try and actually um, <laughs> everyone <laughs> try and actually make everyone understand each other in a sense. Yeah. So big pharma, health professionals, mm. so knowledge generated by these People. major institutions. Yeah. But alongside actual community are, yeah. leaders, uh, people who have children who have who are going to experience these life stages, should be in the boardroom deciding what sort of uh, what 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 they're going to implement, yeah. what is necessary. Yeah. And I think one way of actually also um, another idea I'd say is inclusion. So including people who are marginalised, mm-hmm. um, trying to actually look for sustainable cultural se- culturally yeah, sensitive yeah. ways of actually explaining this instead of just saying we are health professionals this is what f- we think is good for you yeah. to take it on board mm. so like workshops having workshops for different types of groups yeah um and yeah having diversity and di- diversifying the people yeah. making these, these choices choices yeah so you're essentially just to summarize you're you're essentially saying we need to stop approaching things like vaccine policy from a very like top-down approach downstream it it needs to be upstream it needs to be inclusive it needs to be holistic exactly um yeah and yeah yeah we need to lose a lot of the bureaucracy Mm. that is involved and um that's gonna take time though and actually empower people yeah. local community members yeah. and put them into into those positions mm. so that they could do the outreach themselves because you're more likely uh to trust people mm-hmm. from the same background as you with similar experiences than you yeah then a doctor or someone in a health professional telling you this put is what's good for body. you this yeah. is what's right for you okay so, and also another thing another recommendation i'd probably another thing that to look f- to like work towards is yeah. also th- like introducing technology and looking at social media so um ibrahim mentioned this i think in the first week yeah um how do we get a hold on social media just um say the same way the anti-vaccination movement yeah, have. so how do we use it in the same yeah, way that how do we do? yeah how do we actually balance that because same way misinformation can be given information can be also propagated yeah so in the right way and right to the way, right people to the right people yeah. exactly so i think that and i think the best way to do that is to get the youth involved mm. in that sense um because the youth like reddit all this stuff yeah all it's these controlled by the youth yeah and it's um a lot of these senior health professionals are just getting the gist of technology yeah. and how significant technology can be can be mm. so yeah um, I definitely agree with that I mean they're yeah. quite generic but I think we have to start somewhere in this discourse mm. and blame the blame game isn't going to work in, so in that sense so far it can take you I definitely agree with that um, yeah so next week will be the last one um, I think our guest is going to be Moena uh that's to be confirmed though she's a student that i study alongside she does the msc in global health and development at ucl whoop whoop Sounds and exciting. yes she will just give us 
a really nice close to what we've been talking to talking about for one month. It's been a month. It's oh been my a month. god. Yeah, been... So yeah, uh, do you have anything to shout out, Mo? Interviews um, that you've seen, just um, anything. We just need um, more questions on. Uh, so don't forget to send your questions through Curious, Curious Cat. Cat. Yeah, and don't forget to uh, just interact. Any questions that you have, the page is open. So uh, d- send us a DM. Me or Beauty, yeah. one of us will reply. Reply yeah. definitely. And yeah, again, thank you for the support. And, yeah, um, no, and guys, the it's been amazing. Like not just online, but in person. In person as well. I feel famous. <laughs> <laughs> famous. But yeah. like, no, um, it's great that you guys are sharing our content and stuff. But we do want more engagement with you. Yeah. So and we've got a yeah. lot of um, episodes to come out, and yes. a lot of different topics to unpack. Yes, actually, after this, we're going to. Look at our next theme. So that should be exciting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank and you. see you next week. See ya. Bye. It's still on. How do you stop it? I don't know. Quarter up. Don't worry. Because think about it. It can. It could record it itself. I'll you cut it. Cut I'll it. check yeah. out here. Quarter up. Um. Now that it's still going. Yeah, that's fine. Um. Make sure she fa- FaceTimes us. Imagine bottling this. You do it. Oh, I'm so tired, man. Do you, how do you how do you um uh, stop the recording? What do you use to cut it? What do you mean? Oh, just um garage band on the Mac. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the game's a game. What did you do last time? What did I do? What do you mean? When, like... Oh, I... It didn't, did it? I pressed that one. Record. Don't press... Rec- oh, just press stop and save it. Which one? Stop. Hey, please. <laughs> she said press that one as well. Mm-hmm. These two. But press stop, saying, then. Which one? Stop. The one that says stop, Mohammed. The square. Oh, my God, that's good. This one. <laughs>